Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Let's ride. For the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What is going on, Dodger fans? And hope you're doing well out there. Your Los Angeles Dodgers are absolutely rolling right now. They sweep the entire homestand and improve to 19 and 13 on the season as they have swept the Cardinals and the Phillies in walk-off fashion. Wow. Max Muncy was the hero today, hitting that walk-off grand slam off of none other than Greg Kimbrell, who was just terrible in both his Dodger Stadium appearances. What a surprise. We're joined by a special guest today, so I want to introduce him. You probably know him very well on Instagram. He's just popping off over there. So welcome to the show, Dodger Danny 88 on Instagram. Danny, how's it going? Hey, it's going great. How are you guys doing? Terrific. Jake Reiner had his birthday celebration yesterday in that blowout at Dodger Stadium. So Jake, that's right. Jake, the floor is yours. Yeah, thank you very much. Yes, yeah, a really great birthday. You know, I was thinking uh, going into my 32nd year on this planet, I was a little down, but the Dodgers lifted my spirits uh, as well as the Lakers did. Uh, this um, homestand was beautiful. Um, they won games how they traditionally win games with, you know, hitting hitting home runs, two run, three run shots. But what also has contributed to this winning streak that they're on is the fact that they're manufacturing runs at a Pretty good clip right now. Um, two out hitting, sack flies, RBI ground outs. That's how you chip away if you're behind. And also that's how you build the lead when you're ahead. And that's the kind of style of play that I'd like to see this team going forward implement. And I think that they're starting to do that. They're starting to steal bases too, even though this team isn't really that fast collectively. They are going for it and putting pressure on the other team. And it's working and resulting in wins. I think the statistic is, I think they have 16 stolen bases in 12 game, in the last 12 games, second only to the Pittsburgh Pirates. All of a sudden, we are, yeah, we are starting to be more aggressive. Um, I think the Arizona series was a wake-up call. Well, no, no, wait, the Pittsburgh series. Yeah. The Pittsburgh series was a wake-up call because they were constantly getting ran on. As soon as the guys get on base... Boom, they were already going to second. And I think that was a wake-up call, and now we're starting to do that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Turning it back to the beginning of this game, because this felt like two games in one, Gavin Stone made his major league debut for the Dodgers, and the defense didn't really favor him in the first inning. Then he got into a lot of trouble in the third inning. His final line ended up being four innings pitched, eight hits, two walks, only one strikeout, gave up four on runs, five runs altogether. What's kind of funny, circling back to when this show first was getting started, Jake Reiner's first appearance on the show was with the Gavin Stone interview. So we've come full circle. Full circle. 
for the Dodger fans that are panicking, thinking that Gavin Stone could be a bust after one appearance, sit down, calm down. This happens with some of the best out there. It's all about getting your feet wet. This is a learning experience for Stone. I'm not worried at all. His fastball was dialing up to 97. So you definitely love to see that. Uh, David Rosenthal, what were your thoughts on Gavin Stone today? I mean, I think he kind of got a poor, you know, bounce from Muncie in the first inning. I think that kind of threw off his rhythm a little bit. And that's what Muncie said uh, in the post-game interview with Kirsten. The second inning was was what we're used to seeing him, him do, at least in the minors. Uh, obviously not the ideal third and fourth inning, which you want to see out of your top pitching prospect. But like you just said, it's one game. Uh, he's definitely earned another uh, another turn through the rotation to, to, to get that back on track. I think they will do that, stick with a six-man rotation, especially sending Vessia down. Um, but I was honestly kind of encouraged. His changeup looked pretty good. The command wasn't necessarily there, but his stuff looked pretty good. So I, I'm honestly kind of encouraged. Yeah, you know, um, the first the first inning, Miguel Vargas is running after a ball. And if Miguel's not doing that, Mookie Betts is catching that. Okay, so that takes care of that portion of pressure. Then let's say that still happens if Max Muncie has a grip on the ball. And look, I'm not blaming Max Muncie. That ball took a bounce off that glove. But if he had a grip on that glove, that's a double play. We're out of that inning. Easy the, double play. The next play. inning is smooth. And then you've got those two smooth innings. That is building his confidence. Yeah. I, I mean, look, it's he is a he is a prospect still. He's not even yet entered his rookie. And he is facing some some major hitters. It's going to happen. So, yeah, if anybody's panicking, let's pump the brakes. Don't panic. This is one game. This is not even a sample size. This is just like you said, getting your feet wet. Yeah, and if you remember Dustin May's first month in the majors, I think he pitched like 24 innings and gave up like 14 runs or something. Yep. So, And now we know what he's capable of. So I think it's just to kind of wait and see, let him get his feet wet, Keep giving him opportunities, especially with these these injuries in the rotation, Pepio and, and Grove and Syndergaard not pitching well. I, I think he's, you know, needs at least four to five starts here to see if he can really be a mainstay in this rotation this year. Yeah. All things considered, I'm going to proclaim this as the Dodgers win of the season so far. Down five nothing, had a rookie going. Didn't give up. They fought back, chipped away. Miguel Vargas came through with a big two-run home run. That got the Dodgers right back in this game. More on Vargas in a couple minutes. Austin Barnes coming off the bench with a huge clutch base hit. We learned after the game that Trace Thompson's been out sick, but I think I would have gone Austin Barnes anyways, given Thompson's struggles against left-handed pitching. That put the Dodgers on top. Gratterall came in to close, did blow the save. A little bit of a... Kind of a questionable decision. Maybe you should have gone Phillips there, but it's still early in the season. Maybe this is a tryout for Bruce Targratterall. We know this is a closer by committee type of situation. So Dave Roberts is getting sample sizes and he's going to say, he's going to see, okay, can Gratterall get it done in a one run game? Can Phillips get it done in a one run game? Today it was Gratterall's turn. Didn't get it done. That's okay because Craig Kimbrell came in and he did what Craig Kimbrell does and blows leads or blows ties. Max Muncie coming through with his 12th home run on the season. Kimbrell now has an 825 ERA for the Phillies. And talk about redemption for Muncie. You, you just talked about the air, the mistake in the first. He ca caps it off as the hero for this game. 
So, you know, first and foremost, I, I got two major thank yous. Number one to Austin Barnes. The captain came through. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him coming through. Secondly, I want to thank the Philadelphia Phillies for giving us a gift called Craig Kimbrell. How nice that was. Oh, my goodness. Max Muncy. Max Muncy struggling last year. I think the shift had a lot to do with that. Yeah. Max Muncy now is starting. I mean, starting. He is. He is comfortable. He is not second guessing everything. He is not overthinking anything. He has 12 home runs. That is the major league lead right now. Max Muncy tomorrow morning is an all-star. Max Muncy tomorrow morning. Now he's got to get his ERA up. I get that. You know, his on-base percentage, his some of the other statistics. But right now he's in the MVP discussion. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah Danny, he, I I've been tracking the All-Stars for all the positions. I do it once a week and Max Muncy is my starting third baseman. Absolutely. 100%. And and it it was it's it's been such a change, right? Getting all these guys back like Max Muncy who was out on paternity leave, getting all the, you know, getting Evan Phillips back and Bruce Gratterall back and Will Smith back from injury. All of those guys coming back has made this team a little more complete. The only guy we're missing right now is J.D. Martinez. But two things about this about this game that was kind of uh, remarkable to touch on Max Muncy. David already mentioned that error he made uh, to give up a run. He also had a couple of rough at-bats uh, during this game, and it looked like he was really upset with himself, kind of threw his helmet down, threw his bat down. He was very upset. So for him to stay with it and come through in the ninth inning and hit a grand slam. All he needed to do was hit a fly ball, but he hit a grand slam. That is a huge confidence booster for him. And then secondly, Bruce Gratterall, I'm with Kevin. I think you got to go Evan Phillips in that situation. I think nine times out of 10, Dave Roberts will. Um, just based on the fact that it was the heart of the order, uh, you had Trey Turner coming up, Bryce Harper, who seems like he hasn't missed a beat at all. Um, you got the heart of that order coming up. You got to go with your best reliever. But I will say about Bruce Dargraderall, even though he gave up the run to tie the game, he was able to get that strikeout to get out of that inning and preserve the tie. And when you're at home, having a tie is so much of a, so much of a better cushion than being down one, obviously, because there, yeah. when you're down one, there's very little margin for error. So kudos to him for staying in that moment and getting that job done and making sure that the game stayed where it was. Right. Um, so Phillips, did Phillips pitch yesterday? No, it was a blowout. No. See, so I would have put Phillips in as well. I was sitting there thinking maybe it was because he pitched yesterday. And I'm like, huh, no. So I would have put him in there as well. Here's the other thing that I really think was big for that inning was Chris Taylor getting that second base, that stolen second base. I think that puts a little bit of pressure on on the catcher for the Phillies, on the pitcher. I know Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts. I love Mookie. He's doing awesome. I got no complaints. Except, man, you got to protect that plate. That pitch was so close. Swing it foul, you know. But, okay, he's out. That's fine. They walk. They walk Freddie Freeman. Now you got two on. You got a chance for a double play. Get out of the game. And you know what? Will Smith, boom, he comes through. And bases are loaded, and then Max Muncy. I, dude, I'm so stoked. Dude is back. He is Max is back. Oh yeah, we saw that in spring training. He's 100 percent healthy now. It's definitely taking effect. And to that note about Chris Taylor stealing the bases, we saw this all last season with Craig Kimbrell. He'd lead the game off with a walk, 
or the inning off with a walk. The batter would know he can't hold runners, so then they'd steal it. So it basically became a double, and the Dodgers took advantage today. Speaking of Mookie Betts, let's talk about Mookie Betts because it's no coincidence that when Mookie's hot, the Dodgers are absolutely rolling. During this six-game winning streak, Mookie Betts is batting 10 for 25, a 400 batting average with two home runs, 11 RBIs. That's what you call a most valuable player. Right. Absolutely. He is on track. And I, you know, I, I do the Instagram page. I do the live streams and stuff like that. And people are constantly complaining, saying that he is not the, the value that we spend on him, that he is not the MVP, but yes, he is. Yes, he is. He is still coming through. He's just not the flashy home run hitter right now. He's not the walk-off guy, but he is consistently these last six games doing it. Absolutely. David. <laughs> yeah. You know, obviously the Dodgers are going to succeed or, or not succeed because, or without Mookie Betts. I, I think that's where it all starts. Uh, really slow start to the season for him. I think the thing that, that really is, is kind of, triggering a lot of Dodger fans, including myself, about his production is when he's not hitting, he's not really doing anything else. Uh, the speed is completely gone. I mean, that the the hip surgery he had, I don't know what it was, but his speed is evaporated. He is no longer a speed threat whatsoever. The defensive shortstop has been a nice bonus. That That has been a nice bonus, the versatility for sure. But even in his last 15 days, I mean, he's hitting 275 with an 861 OPS. Uh, I'm not really going to be comfortable calling that superstar. Uh, is that worth 30 plus million dollars a year? I don't think so. Uh, I'm not saying he's not been producing lately. I'm not saying he's not a phenomenal baseball player. But I think the criticism from myself and others included is because of what we expected when we got him from Boston what he did in 2020 when he was that superstar and what he's done since has not really lined up with our initial view of what Mookie Betts is and what we're going to get for 30 plus million dollars well, a let year me throw a for stat, the next 12 years. Let me throw a stat right back in your face. With runners in scoring position, he's batting 409 with a 552 on base percentage and 1,234 slugging. So when runners are getting on, he is driving them home better than the rest of the league at that rate. The problem is a lot of the season that the Dodgers eight and nine hitters were automatic outs at the plate. So throughout the game, Mookie Betts had no protection. So he's coming up with nobody on. And that's why he's not getting the superstar inflated numbers that people were hoping to see. But now that we're starting to get guys like Miguel Vargas more on base consistently, he's been hot as well. He's seven for his last 24 291 batting average went four for five last night on Jake's birthday bash game. So he's been picking up the production. We got Miguel Rojas back in the lineup. He's starting to get on a little bit. That helps Mookie Betts. Even Austin Barnes is picking up the slack. He's been starting a lot. He's going from an 040 hitter to at least a 100 hitter now. So with these guys reaching base for Mookie Betts, there are more opportunities and he's succeeding. But let's entertain this. Let's let's go with this. And this is debate. This is discussion. This is all right. I want to know what number should he be at right now to make you happy with the contract he has? I need at least a 900 OPS, 100 percent. And to okay. Kevin's point also, I mean, he's also getting pretty lucky with the batting average on balls in play. It's currently 313 right now. And his average is 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 two what 70. So He's kind of hitting into some luck as well. We saw it 
in the Chicago series with the Sun, that Sun double, and we saw it in this series with uh, Schwarber in left field not being able to move at all. He was also robbed of a three-run home run by Sawinski or whatever from the Right, at the same time, though, hit it two feet farther. You're getting paid $30 million a year. Hit the weight room. So it's at the same time, it's like... I'm going to hold him to a higher standard. I'm not going to hold him to the same standard as I hold James Altman, Miguel Vargas, Jason Hayward, any of these guys, because it's not the cornerstone of the entire team. That is my criticism with him. I'm going to hold him to a higher standard. And that's fair. And I mean, that's fair. And look, you know what? He's holding himself to a higher standard. Yes, he I is. Get that. I, I get that. And And I do believe this. And I said this last season. As Mookie Betts goes, the Dodgers go. The times they rested Mookie Betts and the times he struggled, you saw a Dodger loss. And so, but yeah, I see him trending upward. It is a slow start. Mookie Betts, I think even in Boston, Mookie Betts had slow starts. You know, Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, right now I'm really happy with Mookie Betts. But I am a little bit of a homer, so. (laughs) Yeah. Um, If I could interject here, on the last podcast about a week ago, I said that during this period where the Dodgers weren't at full strength, guys on paternity leave, injuries, that sort of thing, we needed Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman to kind of carry this team and step up. And since then, they've absolutely done that. I mean, Kevin listed Mookie Betts stats, but I want to give Freddie Freeman a little love here because over the last seven games... Freddie Freeman's hitting 379. He's got a 424 on base percentage and a 621 slugging percentage. He has a home run, five RBIs, three walks, and three steals. So he has really stepped it up. And as we've seen, those two guys, once those two guys are going, that's when the Dodgers start to really cook. And I'm I'm really encouraged with, with how they're playing, but also just putting the ball in play. I mean, we saw Freddie Freeman today hit a sack fly. And, you know, David was kind of complaining in the group chat that it wasn't a home run. But I I just we got to get the runs when we when when we have opportunities to get them and we can't have empty possessions when they've got runners on runners in scoring position in less than two outs. You just have to come through. If you're not coming through in those situations, you're not going to win nine times out of ten. And with this Dodgers team kind of built boomer bust like we've been talking about all season they're going to win more games if they're playing this different style of baseball. And I'm not sure if the approach has changed recently, but it feels like it has. It feels like Van Skoyak and all those guys have kind of gotten together and said, we got to change the way we're looking at this and approaching the plate. And they are scoring runs differently than what we've seen over the first couple of weeks of the season. Well, I'm greedy. I'm greedy. I want a home run too. But what we got was production. We got exactly. a runner scoring in scoring position, which we are guilty of not doing many times. This is what we're starting to see. This last six games, we're seeing a whole lot more production. And look, six runs is 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 a winning game for, for the Dodgers with our pitching. It just today it wasn't. It was a tied game. So, yeah, I'm happy with that production. Um, it's better than just flying out and getting nothing. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off 
my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know what else is helping the Dodgers just crushing right now? Chris Taylor. 12 yep. for his last 42, three home runs. Eight runs driven in, 286 batting average, 362 on base. Yeah, the strikeouts are still there, but at least he's giving you some value with that contract. And that's another guy who, when he's batting at the bottom of the order, driving runners in, getting on for Mookie Betts, resets the lineup at the top. This is just another unsung hero, X factor for the Dodgers, and they need something out of him because if they're going to play him mostly every day, then you gotta you gotta hit you gotta hit what your contract's uh, being paid out to you, and he is trending up in the right direction. I think he's batting above two hundred now. Well, I want to talk about the bullpen real quick, specifically Caleb Ferguson and Victor Gonzalez, who wow. have been absolutely dominant last fifteen games. Neither of them have let up a run. That's eleven and two thirds innings between the two of them, zero earned runs uh let's see five 12 strikeouts uh and specifically ferguson's kind of been doing this all year but what a delight it is to see victor gonzalez back and looking incredible first of all every time he goes out there he looks like he's pitching for the fate of the universe on the line every batter to him is a huge deal and he gets super pumped up about every out that defensive play he made i think it was yesterday was incredible He's back. He's He looks like he's lost 30 pounds, and his stuff is there. The command is there. Everything is there, and especially with Vesia's pretty bad start to the year, and now he's in Oklahoma City, that's a huge development to have two dominant lefties in the bullpen. Yeah, just to see the Victor Gonzalez shades of 2020 Victor Gonzalez is so beautiful. I mean, it's, it's a guy I think all three of us uh, have been rooting for for a long uh, time how now. How can you not? I mean, just the the passion that he plays with and his ability to get big time outs is something that I, I thought we were going to have for the foreseeable future after the 2020 season kind of fell off, got had that uh, knee injury. But now seeing him come back is just a beautiful thing. I love it. Yep. On April 4th, uh, on April 4th, Victor Gonzalez, Gonzalez posted on his Instagram page, dedication discipline and uh it's a picture of his 2020 self and this year and you can see the loss of weight you can see the work that he has put in and now he pitched before today he had five innings four innings before today i think it was like four innings five strikes strikeouts yeah um 
He has he has zero runs. He has given up zero runs. Yesterday was it? Yesterday he had that hustle play where he pitched it off to first. I mean, the guy is a hundred and ten percent and doing phenomenal. And I'm telling you, he is he is looking playoff ready. Oh yeah, would be a huge addition to the Dodgers bullpen if he can maintain this moving forward. 36 runs in three games is what the Dodgers posted on the Phillies. I don't know if I've ever seen that in a homestand. They absolutely just wiped the floor with this Phillies pitching staff, including their ace, Nola. They got to him, too. Miguel Vargas, wow, what a game. Two home runs now for him. Um, All right, so we get a little crazy here sometimes, Danny. So this is my are you kidding me moment of the show. And it has to go to Trey Turner because Trey Turner after the interviews that he gave with the Dodgers presser. Are you kidding me, Trey Turner, with these (laughs) remarks of saying you would entertain the idea of coming back to the Dodgers if they had offered you a contract? No, you wouldn't have. Your heart was set in the East Coast. Probably the moment you put on a Dodgers uniform. You had great regular seasons for the Dodgers. You wanted to play 162 every season. And I respect and I think your value for the Dodgers was paid off. But let's not act like you were going to come back. You wanted to go to Philadelphia or Florida or wherever on the East Coast. We know this for a fact because the Padres offered you more money by a significant amount than the Phillies did, and you still chose to go to Philadelphia. So don't try to leave these Dodger fans wondering what if, like what if my management had made an offer to Trey Turner because you weren't coming back. So stop fooling everyone. We know you're happy watching Craig Kimbrell suck in Philadelphia. So enjoy the East Coast weather. I mean, so, whether whether or not that's true is, you know, we'll never know. Um, but the the truth is, is that, you know, it's easy to say, right? It's easy to say that you would have come back now that you've signed this, you know, $300 million contract for 11 years. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you would have. I bet, you know, it's easy to say that you would have entertained the idea if the Dodgers wanted to talk. I mean, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't think it's that bad of a comment to make in that in that situation. But I I don't think the Dodgers were ever even interested in bringing him back. I I don't think that that they that they felt like he was worth the money. I mean, he was great in the regular season, but whether it was his bat in the postseason or his glove in the postseason, it wasn't his bat. He well, he was his their bat, best hitter in the postseason. His not that his bat his true. bat his bat in twenty two was was decent. I'm talking about he disappeared in twenty one. Yeah. And his and I'm talking about his glove in 22. So it was either his bat or his glove. They're just like, we don't need this on our team. Plus, they were really high on Gavin Lux, RIP. Hope he comes back. But the 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 point is, is that it, it never was it never was going to be. Uh, first of all, seeing Gavin Lux off the crutches is great. Um, I did like that chain interchange between Gavin Lux and Trey Turner before the game. You can see some real camaraderie between those yeah. two. Trey Turner, I think, was being politically correct. I agree. I think he was just, or PR also, just running his PR campaign, his public relations campaign. I think that's what he was doing. The Dodgers definitely would have had him back, and they would have signed him long-term, eh, $150 million, you know, somewhere in that ballpark. They were not spending a ton of money on him. Number two, it was time. The guy that they kept refusing to trade, the guy that they would not trade to Washington, the guy they would not trade to the Reds, that they would not trade to whoever. It's time to give Gavin Lux his shot. And they did. Unfortunately, Gavin suffered a horrific injury. 
And then here's the other thing. Everybody's upset with Andrew Friedman. Andrew Friedman, because he didn't get the big signing this year. You know what they might just might be doing? Waiting for two big signings next year. The two big signings, Julio Urias and some guy that can hit and pitch. That's just <laughs> down the street. Yeah, I think his name is Michael Lorenzen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, speaking of Julio Urias, that was his best start. He turned uh, last night, Tuesday evening, seven innings thrown. Just one hit, which was a solo home run to Trey Turner. Funny enough, ten strikeouts, and he's back. He he's now four and three with a three eighty six ERA. That when, was he was just slicing and dicing those Phillies hitters. Can I just say something real quick? When are we going to give Julio Arias the benefit of the freaking doubt? I mean, I Jesus never Christ. stopped. I'm I not saying. Stopped. I'm not saying, and and nobody on this podcast ever went against that. But I'm just saying, the beat writers out there, the people on Twitter. Let's give him the benefit. He's freaking earned it. He is the ace of this staff. So what if he has a few bad outings in, you know, back to back? Is he the ace of the staff, though? Because not, not the, this year. The so far. NL player or NL pitcher okay, okay. Month right. belongs to Clayton Kershaw, who went five and one with a 189 ERA so far. Okay. All right. But, Thank but, you for but, detracting but, from my rant, Kevin. I but, appreciate no, no, it. No, but here's your rant. Here's your rant. He won 20 games and 17 games in the last two seasons, right? Is it 20 and 17 or 20 and 16? One of those for sure. Julio. One of those. Okay, that that puts him at the most for the Dodgers, any of them. That puts him at ace status. This is why we had him as the opening day starter because he is our ace. Now, my favorite guy, my favorite pitcher all time, my favorite Dodger is Kershaw. Don't get me wrong. And Kershaw right now is pitching like the ace. Absolutely, he is. He is. And But Julio, you're right. I mean, and so he had a couple bad games. I get it. Here's the deal. I think you're going to see the next three or four games after this, more of this vintage Julio. Yes. And, and on top of that, you can see when he wasn't pitching well, how much it angered him. I mean, he's such a competitor and wants to pitch well and wants to play well. And I just think that as Dodgers fans and 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 anybody out there that that is wanting to criticize Julio Rios, just look at his body of work and and just trust it. I mean that that's been the most frustrating part is that we we we've given Clayton Kershaw the entire the entirety of his career the benefit of the doubt, which by the way he's earned and not taking any anything away from Kershaw. But why? But why is it with Julio Rios we we sometimes think, oh, does he not have it? Is is his velocity not there? No, screw that. He's a great pitcher. If he's not the st- ace of this staff, he's one A or whatever. Um, I just think we got to give we got to continue to just support him and give him the benefit of the, of the doubt. Well, I, I think most most almost everybody does. I think there's a couple people who will tend to overreact, and those are the people who tend to overreact about everything. They're probably calling Gavin Stone a bust after today. But Julio Rios is is the prototype body language pitcher. What that means to me is you can see when he's pitching well before he even gets through the first inning. He will when he's pitching well, he'll let go of a pitch, a one and two pitch, and he'll start walking off the mound before the pitch even gets to, to home plate. He is commanding of the mound. He's a presence on the mound when he's pitching well, and we saw that yesterday. And I think he's going to build off of that because he's he he tends to get these 
momentum starts and kind of just car- carry it over, carry it over, carry it over. And then all of a sudden he's pitching six or seven innings, giving up one run for the next three months of the season. So it's all body language with him. When he's doing well, we'll be able to see it on how he's reacting when he's pitching. Yeah. First question coming from Dodge 16 underscore 12 on Twitter. What are the expectations for this weekend in San Diego? So on that note, the Dodgers go down to Petco Park this Friday through Sunday in their first big test of the season. The Padres are the team that knocked the Dodgers out of the playoffs, unfortunately. So revenge is probably on the Dodgers mind. They will be taking on the 17 and 15 San Diego Padres. Clayton Kershaw against Joe Musgrove, Dustin May against Hugh Darvish, and Julio Arias against none other than Blake Snell, who is 1-4 with a 528 ERA and 176 whip. I, I, I'm expecting us to take two out of three. And, I mean, realistically, uh, the Padres were struggling just like the Dodgers were. This is going to be an intense series because of all the – all the fan drama that is connected to it, you know, all the fandom, all the excitement from both teams, the fact that, um, that uh, the um, Padres went out and, and bought themselves a team and look, every team buys players. Don't get me wrong. That's why you pay your players. I'm not knocking that. They're doing a great job trying to build a winning team. Um, But that team is stacked and so it's going to be intense, but I see the Dodgers taking two out of three. Yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to be a tough series. Uh, the The Padres have been playing a little bit better as of late. They've uh, they're seven and three in their last ten games, and they're right there in the in the NL West, right uh, behind the Diamondbacks. Um, they're going to be pumped. Their fans are going to be super hyped for this, um, and it's going to be a really great measuring stick for. Um, what we're going to expect in this division. And given the fact that in years past, the Dodgers and Padres would score off anywhere, you know, from 18 to 19 times a year, that's not the case this year. So these games are really crucial within the division. You got to take care of business. Um, you you got to beat the Padres when you can. Um, and, I, and I think this is a really great, you know, statement series for the Dodgers. We mentioned how they got knocked out by the Padres. We've been talking about that ad nauseum. So this is a great way for them to go down on the road and basically reestablish themselves as the dominant force in this in this division. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, you guys, you guys pretty much said it. Uh, it's definitely, you know, I, I think the Cardinals were struggling heavily when the Dodgers played them. The Phillies have been struggling heavily. And the Padres are, you know, either the second or best roster in the National League. So uh, this is a test, no doubt. And it also feels like Dustin May has pitched half of his career games against the Padres. So they've seen him quite a bit. Every Every highlight I can think of with Dustin May is against the Padres. So everybody's seen everybody on both of these teams dating back to at least a couple years. Uh, Machado and Soto are both struggling a bit. Tatis hasn't been that great since he came back. Um, but, you know, it's it's a Padres-Dodgers series. And to them, it's it's kind of the, you know, the monthly World Series. So mm-hmm. they're going to they're gonna ramp it up a bit. And hopefully the Dodgers can match that energy. Yeah, See, one of the, that's... Go ahead. So there's two hitters that I'm looking out for in this Padres series. One oh, is guys. actually the ageless wonder Nelson Cruz, because the Dodgers are starting two left-handed starters. 
Cruz is off to a pretty good start, hitting 296 as their DH. Xander Bogarts was the other, off to a 298 batting average, leads the team in six home runs. And you can't underestimate Manny Machado because he's had a lot of success against the Dodgers, especially in the last couple seasons. Off to a really slow start with basically a 650 OPS, but never going to count that guy out. And then Juan, Juan Soto, pretty sleepy as well, 227 batting average with five home runs. Yeah, we're also going to see some great pitching matchups, too, in this series. Uh, starting off, we got Kershaw and Musgrove. That's going to be good. Then we've got uh, Dustin May versus you Darvish. And then to cap it off, we got Urias and Snell. So they're they're putting their best guys up against us. We're putting our best guys up against them. Um, and, and I'm really looking forward to it. I think Miguel Vargas, James Outman, and Max Muncy have a huge series. Love it against the Padres. I really do. And the Padres, you know, for, for us, I'll just focus on the fans for a minute. Um, the Dodgers are, are it. The Padres would rather beat the Dodgers and win the world series. <laughs> I really, I mean, I'm serious. They Danny, so that's focused. a great, that's a great take. I think you're right on it. Very accurate. The, you know, I mean, it's like this, there are teams that hate the Dodgers more Fans that hate the Dodgers more than they love their own teams. Well, the Padres, I think the Padres, their success, their no, there it is. Their barometer of success is the Dodgers. That's their barometer of success. All they want to do is beat the Dodgers, be better than the Dodgers. That's it. Don't be better than Arizona. Don't be better than yeah. the league. Just be better than the Dodgers. 100%. And I think that's why they went out there and overpaid for Blake Snow, who can't pitch well against anybody except the Dodgers. And they got that from the World Series where Snell was the only race starter we couldn't touch and seems to have carried over. So maybe with all these new players on the Dodgers, give me at least two of them. Someone has to be able to hit this guy. He's not that good. Here's my question. Do we see Austin Barnes in that game? Oh, yes, we do. He is starting that game. Oh, yes. Or <laughs> well, the, only, the, the, the only the only reason I, I asked that is because we've got Kershaw going in game one. Typically, he catches Kershaw. So I, I think if I, J.D. Martinez is out still, then you can have Will Smith DH and Austin Barnes can catch against the Blake Snell start. I yes. like it. I mean, it's not like you have an influx of lefty mashers on the bench anyway. So, yeah, we have negative lefty mashers on the bench. I, I think, I, I don't know. I think it'll just be the Kershaw game for him, though. Rojas has been playing better, and I think, you know, right-handed, I think you'll see him play in that game over Barnes. How about Rojas on defense this ninth inning? Finally. That throw, man, that was that was phenomenal. That was slick. That's that's what they paid for right there. Yeah, the, and the extension. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. Let me turn your attention over to TickPick. If you want to find the best prices at the most competitive rates and no service fees at checkout, you need to download the TickPick app right away to get access and tickets to your favorite sporting events. The Dodgers, the Lakers are in the playoffs. If you want to go see concerts, your favorite band or artist down the street, maybe in Hollywood or wherever you live around the country, TickPick has you covered. All you need to do is download the app, search whoever you want to see, no service fees at checkout, at the best prices. It's that simple over at TickPick. So yeah, this Dodgers-Padres series, first one of the season, then they play each other all over again in a week from now. So we'll talk about that afterwards. But any other final thoughts you wanted to get in on this Dodgers-Padres showdown? I mean, I, I am... Go ahead. Go ahead, Danny. 
I am really excited just to see these pitching matchups. I am really excited to see how our pitchers do against their lineup as well. I think um, James Outman, Miguel Vargas, and uh, Max Muncy, I think they have a great series. So I have my idiot of the week segment, and this this ties into this. So usually I do a tweet, but I'm not going to do a tweet for this week. I'm, I'm just going to do an action. And my idiot of the week is Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, coming back to San Diego and running out into right field mm-hmm. like he was Sammy Sosa after he hit that home run after 9-11 with the American flag bowing to the fans like he had just came back from the war. Ted Williams <laughs> Ted Williams missed three years of his Hall of Fame career to go fight Nazis from 1943 to 1945. Fernando Tatis missed a season and a half for a motorcycle accident and a steroid suspension. And Fernando Tatis is acting like he's goddamn Ted Williams out there returning to San Diego like a tri- like a triumphant return, Caesar-conquering Gaul. Enough. Enough. And this is not an idiot of the week to the fans because if I, if you're a San Diego fan, I get it. He's your he's your chosen one. He's an awesome player. I would give him an ovation too if I was a Padres fan. But if you're Fernando Tatis, run out there, maybe give him a wave, a tip of the cap, have some kind of sense for the moment. Be humble about this. You were just suspended for steroids, <laughs> not coming back from Iraq. So <laughs> idiot of the week, Fernando Tatis unbelievable it's like he hasn't learned one goddamn thing about his immaturity and frankly i'm expecting a padres blow up in the dugout with him at some point this season well and here's the thing a couple things number one um i think he is a talented guy oh yeah but i think where he lacks he lacks humility yeah and he lacks mental maturity yep and when you mention someone like ted williams and even Sammy Sosa, I, I know Sosa took steroids. I know Mark McGuire took steroids. I get it. Shame on them. But mentally, the maturity level of men back then versus maturity level today, you know, and I thought it was funny him dancing in Chicago, you know, to the you took yeah. steroids or whatever it was. But still, it shows a lack of humility. He's he's going full in on the heel. He's playing the heel role, and he shouldn't be. He shouldn't be. If he's going to be the face of baseball, the thing that the what you got to do is just own it and move on. Stop feeding into it. Stop dancing around when you, when you're ovation from returning from a steroid suspension. Give him a nice tip of the cap and move on with your life. That's what needed to happen, and that's not what happened. I think he lost his face of baseball title last season with all the stuff you already mentioned. Right, I think the but... face of baseball is clearly that guy who can pitch and hit out there yeah. in Anaheim. Michael Lorenzen. You're right. Shohei <laughs> 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 Otani. No doubt about it. Um, and then to that point, Tatis going the full heel route. Hopefully it works out better for him than Dylan Brooks of the Memphis Grizzlies who have, who want nothing to do with him anymore after challenging LeBron and firing up the Lakers. Yeah, I, I mean, at least Tatis has some talent in him. I mean, Dylan Brooks, yeah. there's nothing good about his game. No. Um, 
Yeah, it's 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 weird because he would be the heel anyway, um, even if he did if he didn't do any of these antics and, and kind of like soak in the moment and all of this stuff like he he would still be booed pretty much everywhere he goes except for San Diego. But it would make more sense. And for the team's sake, because when like David mentioned that blow up in the dugout, I mean, that was a had nothing to do with anything but the fact that he just wasn't taking shit seriously. Um, and that's going to be the downfall of this Padres team. If, if they do in fact, you know, go that route, which is they're, you know, they need to be committed to winning. And, you know, that's, that's kind of what you want to see. If I was a, if I was a Padres fan, that's, that's what I would want to see is, is he committed to winning and, and trying to win a world series, not just beat the Dodgers. I think he's committed to himself. Well, we I think that. he's committed. I think he's committed to looking good. Um, and that's the other thing, you know, I know baseball players aren't all about this. Oh, look at me, you know, and all that. But some guys are, some guys are committed to looking good. They would rather lose and look good than win and look bad. It's a shame the Padres already locked him up for 350 million or whatever. So he doesn't have to work for anything. <laughs> Do whatever he wants now. All right. A couple quick fan questions and then we'll round out the show coming from Dodgers King fan on Twitter, which Dodger needs to step up early this early in this season. So, I mean, it's already been a month, but maybe he's asking who should step up now moving forward for the next month. I would like to see a little bit more from like David Peralta, for example. I think that, you know, we we didn't expect much from him just overall, like in terms of carrying the offense, but I would like to see a little bit more from him. I would have said that about, you know, Chris Taylor uh, and Miguel Vargas, but those guys seem to be turning a corner. And if they continue, I'd like to see them continue. And and I'd also like to see Miguel Vargas can continue to break out and I want to see him break out. Um, and it looks like he's trending in that way. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Jason Hayward has come to life, so he's up in like the two fifties batting average now and has been hitting the ball hard all season. I think for his job sake, it's gotta be trace Thompson. He's batting, I believe two for 25 against left-handed pitching. That's an 08 batting average. There's no room for him to really start against right-handed pitching. If he can't get going against lefties, he's going to have no value on this team and he's going to be in the unemployment line. Unfortunately. See, I like where David Peralta is right now. And I think David Peralta is going to continue to improve. Um, David Peralta has had some big games. Um, for me, it's it's Trace Thompson and Chris Taylor. Um, I want to see Trace Thompson step up because I am such a fan of his. So I really want to see him keep going. And yes, Chris Taylor is trending upward. And that's what I want to keep seeing. I want to keep seeing. I want Chris Taylor of old. I want him skirting 300. Um, so yeah. So my answer is going to be Dustin May. And I'm going to preface that by saying, you guys know, there's no bigger Dustin May fan and supporter than me. But similar to Mookie Betts, I expect I hold him to a high standard because of how talented he is. Now, if you look at his season from afar as a whole, it, it looks pretty damn good. He's got a 315 ERA in six starts, 34 innings, 23 strikeouts, only one home run. I expect better of him. And I think they're going to need him to elevate his game a little bit more uh, with Kershaw and, and uh, Julio Arias now looking like they're going to be continuously solid. Dustin may needs to put himself in a level where he is in 
contention for an all-star or a Cy Young, because I do think this guy can and will win at least one Cy Young award in his career. And what we've seen lately from him is not that. So I think he needs to get back, get the command back, limit the amount of pitches he's throwing in an inning and, and get to that six six to seven inning one earned run level that we've seen him do that he's capable of doing and that he should do. Yeah. Especially against the Padres. He's got to throw a scoreless first. I know the stat off the top of my head. He's got a 720 ERA in the first inning. Every time out, he seems to just get really slow and struggle through a lot of pitches. And I think that's why he's not efficient. He can't go six, seven innings and starts. So he's got to improve on the first inning. Cause after that, he's just rolling and mowing. Yeah. It's just consistency for him. It's all, it's all about consistency. Also, I just I, I want to see I want very quickly I I want to see what Tony Gonsolin's going to look like once they kind of stretch him out and let him go a little bit longer. Um, he's looked pretty decent in his first two outings, and he was able I believe he was able to go five innings in his second start. Two thirds. Four. Yeah, right, yeah, so he he, he, pitched, he pitched into the fifth. Yeah. Um. So I I'm I I really you know we're gonna need to, we're gonna need to rely on him as well. I think as you see our offense consistently producing runs the way we've been doing, and I mean putting them together like stringing together hits, getting guys on, getting guys in, I think you're going to see the bullpen strengthening up. I think you're going to see all of our pitchers pitching with more confidence, and you're going to see us trending upward. Last question coming from Catch the Blues on Twitter. What's a better fit? For Michael Bush playing every day in Oklahoma City where he's just essentially going to rot away or being up at the Dodgers major league level, maybe riding the bench a little more, but getting the experience from the veteran players. I'll take this one first. His place is on this Dodgers roster. He's been rotting away in Oklahoma City for years now. We know what he can do in Oklahoma City. It doesn't matter if he's getting consistent at bats up here. He's a hitter. He's been in Oklahoma City. He can contribute on this major league roster. And especially with J.D. Martinez out and a couple other guys like Thompson struggling, he needs to be on this roster. I would like to see him get a little bit more at bats. But in terms of an option between the two, it's absolutely with the major league team. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, at this point, there's no point of uh, letting him rot away down there in the minors. He's a major league player, whether it's with the Dodgers or another organization. He's just too talented to be wasting his career down in the minors. He's proven it at this point. He's already got a few RBIs, a few hits. He's a major league player. He can play left field. He can play second base. He can play third base. He can play first base. There's enough versatility for him to find a position every day. And see, and that's it. Right now, I'm looking at his versatility, just like Kiki Hernandez's versatility. I'm thinking that's exactly where he's at right now, so definitely keep him up. Yeah, if Schwarber and Castellanos can play the outfield, Michael Bush can play the outfield. (laughs) That is a terrible corner outfield in terms of of defense. The worst range in Major League history. And and, uh, Schwarber's just got the worst arm, too. All around, just awful. Final shout out goes to James Altman for winning the National League Rookie of the Month. He was on fire. Man, what a start to his career. The only thing that I was going to bring up a little bit of a concern is the strikeouts. 41 strikeouts over 107 at bats. Needs to cut down on that. He is way up there in the majors. He's top five. If he can cut down on the strikeouts and put the ball more in play, unstoppable 300 hitter. 
I think if he gets with like Max Muncie and like really buddies up to him and figures out plate discipline and plate awareness and all of that, I think I think he's going to start to to lay off some of those pitches that he's been that he's been swinging at because he's well, he he's been chasing quite a bit. And I what? No, go ahead. Um, and I think that that once he starts to lay off some of those pitches, it, it, those strikeouts will will tend to go down. But I mean, what an incredible start to this season. Also, I'm just really happy that, you know, because at the beginning of the year that they were still at the beginning of the year, but but earlier on, they were kind of platooning him. And it was kind of maddening because it was like, what are you what are you doing? You know, yeah. we need the offense. We need to keep him in there. So I'm glad that he's kind of an everyday player, regardless of who's pitching. The toughest statistically the toughest left-handed reliever in baseball today he he doubled off of so yeah and i'm oh my goodness yeah guys we really handled um and what were they calling him they were calling him eric gagne 2.0 yeah, with yeah. His, he had some eric gagne like numbers yep uh this season and so james outman is young i think he will develop that plate discipline um the the swinging for pitches I'm wondering how desperate he is for getting hits, but I think he will. I think he'll he'll work on that. Agreed 100%. Well, Danny, thank you so much for joining us today on the Incline Dodgers podcast. I uh, wanted to give you a couple minutes to promote your content. Uh, again, you can follow him on Instagram at DodgerDanny88. So let me pass it over to you, Danny, if you want to get your final thoughts and promote anything. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, well, it's it's uh, Dodger underscore fan underscore page 88. Um, guys, thanks for having me on. I am truly honored to be on. I enjoy this. I could talk about Dodger baseball every single day uh, for the whole day. I mean, so thank you for that. Guys, um, as you are putting this out, um, make sure you guys are checking these guys out. Um, give them a follow. And uh, guys, thanks definitely for having me on. And yeah. Thank you, Danny. Love your passion. Yeah, thank you. Any final thoughts, guys? Keep it rolling. Let's get a nine game winning streak. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. That's exactly what I want. I'm greedy. <laughs> my final thoughts go out to uh, the Phillies manager, Rob Thompson, for wasting my time in the first game of the series. You're down 13-4. You <laughs> surrendered the game by throwing <laughs> Challenge. in Roger Clemens, position player of a son, and you decide to challenge a safe call out there at first with two outs in the ninth or with one out in the ninth inning. God damn, why are you wasting my time? I want those two minutes back, Rob. You got humiliated. Yeah, it was it was kind of funny because because uh, Nomar on the broadcast kind of said, you know, that should be a rule. If you put a position player out there, you basically wave the white flag. You don't you lose your challenge at that yeah. point. 100%. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for this week's episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast. And remember to subscribe, follow, like, give us a five-star rating, all that fun stuff. Let's hope the Dodgers can uh, wipe the floor with these Padres because, goddamn, those fans are annoying. So let's stick it to them. Until then, everyone have a great week and go Dodgers. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.